So this morning is Palm Sunday, like we've talked about. Palm Sunday is the Sunday morning when, or sorry, the Sunday when Jesus came in to the city triumphal entry. Everyone was excited, like Susan mentioned. Uh, the palm branches were swaying and people were just amazed. And they thought that their king had come. He was going to come and throw the Romans out. And so Palm Sunday has become a, uh, a holiday of the church. And, and churches all over the world are celebrating. There's also been this growing movement uh, in churches, especially in North America, where we also celebrate, we call it Passion Sunday. Because the next Sunday we're going to be focused on the resurrection. And the days of uh, generations when people would come on Good Friday to hear the good news of Jesus' crucifixion are unfortunately behind us. So many churches also spend Palm Sunday talking about the Passion, talking about Jesus' death on the cross and all the things leading up to it. And as I've been preparing for this week, I've been thinking some, and actually it was coming some this morning, as listening to the things that are broken in our world. As Anne was praying for our brothers and sisters in Egypt who were bombed today for being Christians, for being followers of Jesus. And that's just the ones that we heard of, of our brothers and sisters all over the world who are persecuted for following Jesus let alone the wars that are happening, wars in Syria, let alone the things that are happening even in our own community, people who are struggling with addiction. Last night we were on a, a double date with the Ringheims and we were talking about fentanyl and how now it's a drug that has been killing hundreds of people. Now they measure the people by month, hundreds of people per month dying of that, overdoses with that drug. And just how broken our world is. And then we started thinking, too, even like, not just about how broken the world is out there, but even our own sin. And I know, you know, sin is not a very popular word anymore. Everybody just likes to uh, talk about what's right for you and what's right for me, but nobody likes to talk about sin. But we know our own sin. We know our own brokenness, the things that we've done and said. And we are grateful for grace. We are grateful for what Jesus has done for us. This morning when, the, when Susan was asking, you know, what, uh, what names of God do you love? And I, someone back here said, Savior, because he saves us. And on Passion Sunday, the fact that Jesus saved us begins to take on new weight. And Passion Sunday has always been a, a, a complicated one for me because how do you preach that? Where do you begin I mean, so much of this, of those, that last day and a half, that last night and that next day, they were, they were loaded with things that were prophecies fulfilled. Not only that, but Jesus' death on the cross. So rather than pick a small portion of it and preach on that, I thought maybe it would be best to hear it again, to hear the events. So I'll retell them. So we pick up the story right after Jesus had finished the Last Supper. And Jesus went out as usual to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples followed him. And on reaching the place, he said to them, Pray that you do not fall into temptation. Then he withdrew about a stone's throw beyond them, knelt down, and prayed, Father, if you are willing, let this cup pass from me. Yet not what I will, but yours be done. 
And an angel from heaven appeared to him and strengthened him. And being in anguish, he prayed more earnestly. And his sweat was like drops of blood falling to the ground. And after he prayed, he rose and he went back to the disciples and he found them asleep, exhausted from the sorrow. Why are you sleeping? He said. Get up and pray that you do not fall into temptation. And now as he was speaking, a crowd came up. And a man named Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. And he approached Jesus to kiss him. And Jesus said, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? When those who were following saw what was about to happen, they asked, Lord, should we draw our swords and strike? One of them struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. And Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's right ear and healed him. Then he said to the chief priests and the officers of the temple guard and the elders who had come, said, am I leading a rebellion that you've come for me with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple courts and you did not lay a hand on me. But this is your hour when darkness reigns. And so they seized him and they led him off and they brought him into the house of the high priest. And Peter followed at a distance. But when they reached the place, when they reached the house, they kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard. And when they had sat down, Peter sat with them. And a servant girl saw him sitting in the firelight. She looked closely at him and said, He is with him. But Peter denied it and said, Women, I don't know him. And a little later, another man saw him and said, You are also one of them. Man, I am not, Peter replied. About an hour later, another asserted, Certainly this man is with him, for he is a Galilean. And Peter replied, Man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he spoke, the rooster crowed. And the Lord looked straight at Peter. And Peter remembered the words that the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows three times, I'm sorry, before the rooster crows today, you will deny me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. The men who were guarding Jesus They began mocking and beating him. They blindfolded him and demanded, Prophesy, who hit you? And they said many other insulting things to him. At daybreak, the council of elders of the people, the chief priests and the teachers of the law, they met together and they led Jesus before them. If you are Hamashiach, If you are the Christ, tell us, they said. Jesus replied, if I tell you, you would not believe me. If I asked, you would not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the mighty God. 
Then they all asked, Are you then the Son of God? Jesus said, You are right in saying, Achille, I am. Then they all said, Why do we need any more testimony? We've heard it from his own lips. The whole assembly rode and they led him off to Pilate. They began accusing him, saying, We found this man subverting our nation, and he opposes paying taxes to Caesar and claims to be Christ, a king. So Pilate asked Jesus, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus said, He said, You were right in saying it. It is as you said. So Pilate announced to the chief priests and the people, I find no basis for your charges against this man. But they insisted. This man is stirring up the people all over Judea by his teaching. He began in Galilee and has made his way all the way here. And when Pilate heard this, he asked if this man was from Galilee. And when he found out that Jesus was under Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, because Herod was in Jerusalem at the time. When Herod saw him, he was greatly pleased, because he'd been waiting for a long time to see him. From what he'd heard about him, he hoped he would perform a miracle. So he plied him with many questions, but Jesus did not answer him. The chief priests and the teachers of the law, they stood there, vehemently accusing him. Then Herod and his soldiers, they mocked and ridiculed him. They dressed him in an elegant robe and sent him back to Pilate. On that day, Herod and Pilate became friends. Before this, they had been enemies. Pilate called together the chief priests, the rulers and the people, and he said to them, You have brought me this man. Let me say as one who is inciting the people to rebellion. I have examined him in your presence and I find no basis for your charges against him. Neither has Herod, for he has sent him back to us. As you can see, this man has done nothing to deserve death. Therefore, I will punish him and then release him. But they cried out in one voice, Away with him! Release Barabbas to us! Barabbas had been thrown in prison for an insurrection in the city and murder. Pilate wanted to release Jesus, so he appealed to them again. But they just kept shouting, Crucify him! Crucify him! So Pilate spoke to them a third time. He said, Why? What crime has he committed? I find no grounds in this man for the death penalty. I will have him punished and then release him. But they shouted loudly, insistently demanding that he be crucified. And their shouts prevailed. Pilate granted their demands. He released the man who had been thrown into prison for insurrection and murder, the one that they had asked for. And he surrendered Jesus to their will. 
So they let him out. And they seize Simon from Cyrene, who is on his way in from the country. And they put the cross on him and made him follow Jesus. A large number of people followed him, including women who mourned and wailed for him. Jesus turned to them and said, Daughters of Jerusalem, do not weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. For the time is coming when they will say, Blessed are the barren women, the wombs that never bore and the breasts that never nursed. Then they will say to the mountains, Fall on us, and to the hills, cover us. For if they do these things when the tree is green, what will happen when it's dry? Two men, both criminals, were led out with him to be executed. And when they came to the place called the skull, there they executed him. They crucified him. Along with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left, Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they are doing. They divided his clothes by casting lots. Many were standing there watching. And the rulers even sneered at him. He saved others. Let him save himself if he is the Christ of God, the chosen one. The soldiers began mocking him. They gave him wine, vinegar to drink. And they said, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was a written notice above him that read, the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who hung there hurled insults at him. Aren't you the Christ? Save yourself and us. But the other criminal rebuked him. Don't you fear God? We are under the same sentence. We are punished justly. We are getting what our deeds deserve, yet this man has done nothing wrong. And then he said to Jesus, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Today you will be with me in paradise. At about the sixth hour, it was dark until the ninth hour. The curtain of the temple had been torn in two. And Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. And then he breathed his last. The centurion who was standing there, when he saw these things, he praised God and said, Surely this is a righteous man. The people who had gathered to witness the sight, when they saw what had occurred, they beat their breasts and went away. But those who knew him, even the women who had followed him from Galilee, they stood off at a distance and watched these things. There's a man named Joseph. 
He was a member of the council, a good and upright man who did not condone, did not go along with their actions or their decisions. He was from the Judean town of Arimathea. And he was waiting for the kingdom of God. Going to Pilate, he asked for the body. Then he took him down, wrapped him in cloth, and placed him in a, sto- in a tomb that was cut in stone, which no one had laid in. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was about to begin. This is where we leave the story today. And we walk through this next week praying, reading scripture, moving closer to our Lord, remembering what he's done for us, the sacrifice that he made. And all along how the different people, Pilate, Herod, religious leaders, even his own disciples, missed who he was. We see his sacrifice. And we wait for next Sunday to celebrate that he is risen. Amen.